Welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Happy Twitter Thursday, everybody. Got a lot of questions here to get to on today's program. A little bit of news first, Matt. Let's start with some good news here in Cincinnati. And I know you wanted to talk a little bit about this earlier in the week with some of the injuries and things that were happening with the Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver group. A.J. Green obviously missed all of last season. He's dealt with a number of injuries throughout his career. Reports were that he was looking like his same great self of old early in camp and then getting held out due to a minor injury. But a bigger story there in Cincinnati with the wide receivers was John Ross. And the good news is John Ross now heading back to the Bengals. He's in Cincinnati uh, after leaving to care with his family that was affected by COVID-19. Everything looks like it's all good there with the John Ross family. So that is very good news. Yeah, it is. It is. And they, and they need him. Um, you mentioned A.J. Green. I read today, and I just never put two and two together on this. He's missed 23 straight games. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I just didn't realize it was that big a number. I mean, 23 straight games. I mean, you don't know exactly what he is at this point. Um, he's nursing something as we speak. Uh, Tyler Boyd, to me, is a good player, but he's a move-the-sticks guy. He's not a big play threat. And I know people were down on John Ross because he was a, a an early pick, and frankly, he probably will never live up to that standard. But that doesn't mean he can't help an offense and threaten pe- threaten defenses deep and you know give them some more room in the running game and in the middle of the field for guys like Boyd and tight end position and those type of guys. And then you throw T. Higgins in the mix. So with Mixon's receiving ability and four potentially capable and much more at the receiver position, I think Burrow's got a nice group to throw to and you know grow up with. I think there's some precautionary measures with A.J. Green, too, and I, I got to believe the Cincinnati Bengals would be silly not to consider trading him either now or at some point during the season once he is healthy to get some return on that because long term, I think they have a path, and I, I don't know if A.J. Green is really going to be a part of that and if you can sink a lot of money into him with his injury history. Yeah, and I've been told that the the Bengals' ownership – once a couple guys that you know retire as Bengals, you sell a lot of AJ Green jerseys, goes down as an all-time great in the organization because they're really hurting for those people. And that's all well and good. And there's some value to that, don't get me wrong. But if you could trade him for a pick and go with the young guys and build something from the ground up, I think that's the move. Although it would seem that John Ross is going to be on his way out of Cincinnati at some point as well. So maybe you want to hold on to one of those guys and AJ Green would be the one because of the things you just mentioned uh, if you're looking for. And look, a veteran receiver like AJ Green would help Joe Burrow immensely if he is on the field too. So there's that to consider. But if you're the Niners per se (laughs) or the Pats, you know, I mean, there's some teams that could certainly use AJ Green. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about that with uh, with the 49ers podcast that I do daily. and um, Green Bay. Yeah, there, there are definitely some teams out there that could use a healthy A.J. Green. And when he's healthy, I mean, A.J. Green's one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL. He, he's so good, and I think people forget because it's been 23 games since we've seen that A.J. Green. Yeah, I mean, 23 games. And at this point, you're probably going to get a lesser pick than at least show me the first two games of the season that he's lighting it up and yeah. looks like the guy I remember 24 games ago. Speaking of trades, Yannick Ngakwe, there was a report from The Athletic, Michael Lombardi, reporting that the Jaguars are 
quote, extremely close to trading franchise-tagged defensive end Yannick Ngakwe, and then now some reports that maybe it's not as imminent. Uh, The GM, Jaguars GM, said there is no deal imminent, which is what he would say if you're Dave Caldwell in this dance, even if there was a trade that was very close. So we'll see, but uh, something like more than a second-round pick potentially, mm. is what the rumors are that it would cost for Yannick Ngakwe. It, 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 I think it's going to be hard to get more than a second right now for, for him, though. Yeah, uh, but... Which is why he's still Adams there. Adams and Ramsey and these guys went for more than I expected. I mean, young, in-your-prime, high-end defenders. I'm not sure he's quite in that class. But, uh, I mean, I, I bet he gets decent return. I mean, I, I think maybe a second and a fifth or a second and a fourth would be suitable um, Mike Lombardi's really dialed in and I tend to believe him when he reports something like that. Cause he's not a reporter just trying to make waves and pick up an extra 20, you know, 20, 50 Twitter followers or whatever. He probably believes it to be true, which I believe it then to be true. They have two young edge rushers that are really impressive that they've just drafted. There's a, a really, a really small chance in my opinion that he, the doc weighs a jag this year. And I'm sure there's a lot of teams, a lot of fan bases on the edge of their seat right now going, boy, I hope we're the team. I hope we're the team because he's useful. Oh, he could help out a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, man. That that juice off the edge. Here, Actually, here's a great segue into Twitter Thursday from our listener Chargers for Life. He says, since Melvin Ingram is holding out, what would be the chance of the Jaguars trading the Chargers, Yannick Ngakwe for Melvin Ingram and a third hmm. or second round pick? Hmm. So he's wanting to get a pick back for sending Melvin Ingram to Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, I don't. He think, wants a pick from the Jags. Yeah, I don't think that would happen at all. Straight up, though, I let's just either. put this straight up, Matt. What do you think? Yannick Ngakwe for Mel- Melvin Ingram. New scene for both? Well, I did my edge ranks last week or the week before or whatever, and they were both, I would say, on the same tier, You know, where I didn't think Ingram had an awesome year last year. Still a really good player. If you're the Jags, that my sticking point with that trade is I have two young edge guys. I needed so much other things. Uh, I'm not sure I want Ingram. You know, yeah, it'd be useful and our D line would be really potent and we could get all three of them on the field at times. I get that, but I think I'd rather have a pick. And if you're the Chargers, you've already got a pass rusher. Pay the guy you got. Why shake it up just to pay a different guy who's causing problems with his current team? And I don't think Ingram's a bad apple. You got to get him out of town or anything like that. I think he's just a little unhappy and that'll probably blow over and you'll figure it out. And so I'm not on board. It's, it's a fine tweet. I think it's fun to think about, mm-hmm. but from the Jags, I want the picks. And you're, yeah. So that's what you want if you're the Jags. You want the picks. You're certainly not going to give up on Gakwe to get another pass rusher and try to give up more picks to try to upgrade there. So that kind of idea definitely not happening. Um, and I don't think Yannick Ngakwe is a bad guy in all this either, because there's a lot of people that want oh. it out of of Jacksonville. And I think it just, you know, it came time. Like the time passed for Yannick Ngakwe to say, okay, we're cool. Let's get something done. That time definitely has obviously passed for him. So his only other thing is just to play the season out, become a free agent. But he can still try to get traded while he's at it. Right. And and if you're the Jags, yeah, you could sit on him for the year he can become a free agent. You'll get a third-round comp pick in return a year from now. But wouldn't you rather get a second and spare change? And it's not like you're going to win the Super Bowl with the guy. So it seems like a foregone conclusion that maybe by the time we get back together Monday – actually, you won't be here huh? next week. So yes. 
Uh, I bet the next time we talk after tomorrow, he won't be a Jag. I will be gone next week. I think uh, I'm going to have fun just listening to you and some guest co-hosts next week on the network. That'll be a lot of fun, so stay tuned for that. Then we'll be back and feeding our new Peacock and Williamson podcast feed. If you have not heard, Matt and I are moving from Locked On NFL to a brand new Peacock and Williamson NFL show feed, so go Find it on all of your favorite podcast apps, Peacock and Williamson. Rate and review if you can. We already have a ton of reviews here that I'm seeing. So a shout out to everybody who's doing that and giving us five stars and helping us out with our new Peacock and Williamson feed. It's going to be a fun show, much the same. Even better, though, I think we'll be able to go down some rabbit holes if we want to. Just a little bit more. um, Absolutely. Yeah, more leeway to do whatever we want with this new show and uh here's just a couple of i want to read a couple of these actually from some of the the reviews which i always appreciate oh, uh this one from jazz win it all he says i'm excited it's another pod i can listen to in the middle of class <laughs> <laughs> i love that i was like oh, i'm gonna go to class today but i'm actually just gonna listen to a podcast and not really pay attention he says thanks you guys i love the nfl i'm always excited for the pods because i live on an american military base in england so thanks football's always so fun to watch live here and it's fun to watch england games only thing is the teams that come over here are usually bad this is a seahawks fan he says excited for the new show thanks so i uh, appreciate it cool yeah that's really cool uh so a lot of them can't wait yeah, Amazing. you guys have done a pretty good job so far of, of subscribing already and reviewing, but keep it up and spread the word. Yeah, just the trailer alone is already right now on Apple Podcasts, the top five football podcast in America, Peacock and Williamson. So shout out. Crazy. Everyone's doing a great job. Appreciate it. Keep it going. Let's get to number one. Go out there and rate and review the new Peacock and Williamson podcast feed. And now let's get into some more Twitter Thursday coming up. Folks, I got to admit, I am not very handy. I don't know a lot about cars. I respect people that do. And frankly, I'm very envious because, I mean, the money you can save with a product like rockauto.com and being able to do things yourself and create the exact car you want is something that I would love. I mean, I'm, I just don't have that skill set, to be honest with you. And rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for your auto and body parts needs from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to fall, you know, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, you get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. So go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear us box so they know that we sent you. That'll help us a great deal. It's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Matt, have you seen the new Packers beat writer rules? Justin wants to know how those new beat writer rules with the Packers will affect fantasy this season. Wow, I have not. Do you have them handy? By There's, chance? I don't know the exact rules. I saw, I saw a lot of people. Basically, we're not going to get in-depth information anymore. We're seeing that a lot around the league right now. A lot less info coming out. A lot less that reporters are seeing in training camp. We're not going to see preseason games. I think. Teams are trying to take this opportunity to keep things as wrapped up 
as possible this season with information that they're passing along to the public, which absolutely is going to help your starts and sits in fantasy football leagues. Yes, and I do have some experience, and of course, it's very Steeler-related. I know nothing about what the Packers are doing because every team can kind of have their own rules on this, but I think they're all pretty much along the same lines in that not every beat reporter is at every practice. You know, like, for example, my my buddy Dale is only getting to go to two of the four this week, and so um, not every outlet is allowing is is allowed to be there for every single one. And crazy is there is a pull report every day where uh, several writers all add to it. And that's really the only stuff that you can discuss. So there's a lot of rumors and things about what's going on in practice, but you're not going to read it in print and it's not going to be verified from anybody. I mean, if the coach tells you this is what happened, this guy got hurt or we're running a lot of 11 personnel or something like that, You're allowed to talk about it, but otherwise you can't write or talk about it. So to answer this question, I promise that the fantasy information, when you go to draft, no matter when it is, even if it's Labor Day weekend, like I do it right before opening night, you're going to be very foggy on some of these guys' roles and their injuries for fantasy and some of these late round flyers. You might not know if Damian Harris or Lamar Miller's the lead back in New England, for example. And they're not going to tell you anything up there. So the Packers sent out an email outlining what the media is and is not allowed to report, in part saying, quote, it is important that we do not put ourselves at a competitive disadvantage. And the Pro Football Writers Green Bay chapter did not like that. They put out a statement saying, Breaking a long-standing tradition of the publicly-owned Packers, Coach Matt LaFleur and GM Brian Gutenkust are prohibiting media at training camp from reporting, quote, who is getting reps with the first team, second team, and third team, etc., and yeah. from making projections on the depth chart and personnel packages, which is, that is completely asinine that you just can't make a prediction. I mean, that's like what we do. I mean, come on. Uh, media in Green Bay has never revealed scheme, special packages or strategy as part of previously established ground rules in conjunction with the pro football writers association. It's similar to what I described. I mean, it's very odd. And I assume that's true in green Bay too, because in training camp, I know the Packers get a lot of fans and watch practices. Well, that same is true with the Steelers. So now that there's no fans at the camp practices, because frankly, I could sit on the hill in Latrobe and watch the Steelers and tweet everything I say. I mean, they have no or anyone, anyone that doesn't do, that does this for a living or doesn't or works for the Browns. I mean, they could come to those practices, so they could never prohibit you from what you said. Now that there's really no one in the building from the outside, they can put these restrictions on you, and I think that's going to be common around the league, and it certainly will affect fantasy in a very foggy way. Not projecting a depth chart is the most insane thing I've ever heard because what else are you going to do this time of season? Like who's going to make the team? Who's not? Who's, you know, running with the ones people want to know. Fans want to know you're hurting your own product and your own sport because that's what fans want. They crave that information. Like screw your very, 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 very minor competitive advantage from those type of reports because you're hurting the value of your franchise really because fans want that information. If they're not getting it, they're not going to be as excited about your football team. Right. And and I don't know about you, but I don't think I've heard anywhere, boy, this guy looks really good in camp. Like we're not getting any of that stuff. We're not. No, that's that's a great point. Um, 
Aaron says, why are there no mandatory isolation, stay in hotel three days leading up to the game type stuff that would solve the issue of testing positive on game day, but getting results when it's too late? I don't have an answer for that. I just know that, I mean, anyone who's watched Hard Knocks these last two weeks knows they're getting tested very, very frequently. Um, I don't know exactly how to answer that question, I mean, they're, to be honest with They're you. doing something right right now, and we'll see what happens when travel. I mean, you mm-hmm. laid it out last week talking about how things happen with chartered flights, and you know, you're in your hotels. There's not a lot of contact, and they can make it so there's even less contact now than there ever was with people when they're traveling. But something's going on right in the NFL. I think only one player went on the COVID list in the last week in the entire league. So something's happening right here. The league is mm-hmm. talking about doing more of a bubble situation for the playoffs, too. But, that intrigues me. Yeah, so which is smart. And the the more you can do, the better. So uh, I'm with A.A. Ron here on that tweet. Um, but right now, things seem to be working with whatever's going yeah. on. And even in Major League Baseball, they had that really bad scare at the beginning of getting the season going. And I think they learned a valuable lesson there. And I think a lot of leagues did. Obviously, the bubbles are going well in the NBA and the NHL. But even baseball's sort of humming a lot better right now after that one hiccup. And I think... They're just being really smart about it. And people know that with all of the testing that's going into this, it's really hard to get it inside the building. You're pretty safe there. It's it's the outside-in stuff, and people are being smart outside of the building now, too. And a lot of people are in hotels and, and taking it very seriously. I think that's the key. Yeah, well said. I don't really have much more to add to it, but it all seems very positive. Um, I, I'm sure that it could all crash down by the time we get together tomorrow. I mean, there could be a catastrophe. I mean, I'm not taking this lightly, but... It seems like people have a very that are in charge have a very strong hold of how to handle this situation, and it seems to be working, which is great. Here's one from the practice squatter JDS. Oh, I, we got to bring that back, especially with the new podcast I like coming. Yep. Uh, I love the idea of the practice squad. JDS says, uh, "How much longer do you expect Brady, Rivers, and Big Ben to play?" Sounds like this is Breeze's last year. I think it'll be Breeze's last year. I bet you get two out of Brady. Rivers has talked about playing for a little while. He's the one of the group, though, that I fear, and I'm not predicting this or saying it's going to happen, but I fear someone might tell him he's no longer a player as opposed to the other way around. I'm not sure that he's uh, the answer or a huge upgrade in in Indy, to be honest with you. Ben, I mean, he's the one that I'm obviously the most familiar with. He's got this year and next year on his contract. I think the Steelers are counting on him being the quarterback those two years. And you're hearing more and more rumblings that it wouldn't be outlandish maybe to add one more. I think it's a great point. Like, what forces the end? Because it sounds like Brady wants to play until he's 50. And I have no doubt he possibly could do that until someone falls into his knee and he's done, right? And you mm-hmm. mentioned how Rivers, like someone, at some point they're going to say, well, you can't play. We don't so want you anymore. What right. ends it? Injury could end it, and it's amazing how long some of these quarterbacks are lasting. With the new rules, they can last even longer than they ever have. And then production. Like, when can you not play at the level that the team needs you to play anymore? And uh, I could see Ben and Brady doing that for a long time. Breeze could probably continue to do it longer, too. So uh, if the desire's there, uh, I could see... Brady and, and Big Ben going for a while, and I think Brady wants to do something crazy. And I, I would not be shocked if five years from now, 
Brady is still out there. Like I wouldn't bet on it, but man, um, I could totally see it. But uh, you got to feel like the end is pretty close for all these guys. Like in a couple years, the landscape at quarterback is going to look a lot different around the NFL. And there are some young guns ready to take the reins there for sure. Yeah. And there's not a lot of generation right behind those guys, you know, Matt Ryan, Stafford, Wilson, but there's not really a, a middle group or a, you know, an all, not the old folks home, but are, uh, make, you know, making reservations mm-hmm. for next year's old folks home. There's not a lot of those right now. So you're right. Um, and I don't know that any of those guys would ever be, Hey, I'll take a couple million a year and be a backup. You know, like, I don't think that's yeah. going to happen. But I feel like if Brady, Ben, Rivers, you know, Breeze probably is out of this equation, but even the Ryans of the world, as long as they can maintain a level of play that's better than the Mayfield-Allen level guys, you know, that it gives you a better chance to win than that second, third year developmental dude that has some warts and has some big things to work out. Some team's going to want them to lead their team then. If they can be better than that. I think we can answer this one pretty quickly. This one from Joel. He says, what are the odds that if the NFL doesn't finish its regular season games, that we will at least have some playoff games and a Super Bowl? My short answer to that would be 100%. The NFL is going to do everything they can. We saw it with the NBA and the NHL, and they stopped and started and figured out what they had to do to get uh, a playoffs happening. The NFL would absolutely do that. And to put it simply, I thought uh, an old buddy of mine put it great. We were talking about our fantasy football league in an email thread. And someone said, I'm not sure if the NFL is going to be able to pull this off. And somebody else said, yeah, that billions of dollars says that they will pull this off. Yeah, I, you nailed it. Yep. I mean, I think the show's going on no matter what. All right. More Twitter Thursday coming up. Let's keep this going with another practice squatter. This go Pats. He says, Matt, what do you think of the Hall of Fame changing its induction rules to selecting coaches independent of players? Raiders great Tom Flores is lone coach on ballot. Is he inducted? He's certainly an icon in Latino community, but I'd pick Coriel first. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's funny because Flores to me is certainly more than just took over Madden's great Raiders and kept the train rolling. I mean, he brings a lot more to the table than that. So I'm fine with them going in. I And this is true with Cowher. So, I mean, this is my Steeler guys. I think the bar has been lowered to getting coaches in the Hall of Fame. The last couple that have gotten in, I've kind of been like, eh, okay. You know, like to me, Bill Cowher is not a Hall of Famer. Flores, to me, is not a Hall of Famer. And if they are, then I absolutely think Peyton, Carroll, Harbaugh, Tomlin, obviously Reed are all Hall of Famers. And I'm not sure any of them should be besides Reed of that group. Uh, what about Coriel as Go Pats asks? He's a big, I'm a big fan of his. I've been lobbying him for him probably since Go Pats has listened to me just because I think he's one of those guys that you can't write the history of the league, especially the passing game about without him. I mean, there's still an offensive system that many people run in the league that is the Coriel Earhart system. You know, like mm-hmm. he's, and obviously his teams were, way ahead of their time with the Chargers and their defenses were horrific, but really an interesting time period of, of advancing the passing game. So I think he should go ahead of these guys, the Cowers and Floreses. To break this question up, the first part, do you think the Hall of Fame changing its induction rules? Yes. Uh, <laughs> because mm-hmm. like, I, yeah. just, I don't know. It, it's 
Hall of Fame voting has always been just screwy in every sport. Like they they do the weirdest thing and have the weirdest rules. And I I have a big problem with the Hall of Fame in pretty much every sport. So, uh, but with Tom, I mean, and look, he's an icon in the Latino community. I think that I has didn't mean to, to take away from that. Right? No, I mean, I think it has like to that. factor in like if your social impact can also be part of it. So you know, if 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 that was impactful in someone's career then it then it should it should definitely weigh but when you're just looking at and i think i'm with you like the bar is lowered on coaches getting in and i feel like they're just all going to get in if you coach somewhere for a long time and won a bunch and you got a ring you're going to end up in the hall of fame at some point mm-hmm. and which is fine too you know like whatever it's it becomes the hall of very good but if you're going to put a bunch of people in then it's just going to open it up to even more people so either you're a no doubter hall of famer which is the way i think it should be if you have to think about it then you're not but that's not the way things are. So it's it's more like the Hall of Very Good, which is cool too. Then put them all in. Yeah, I mean, like you said, when I started in this business many moons ago, my sniff test was when you say a name, I should say yep. And now I don't think that's the case, yep. and including players, but especially coaches. I mean, again, this is a hit home. I'm not sure Jerome Bettis is a yep Hall of Famer. You know, I mean, Edron James has gotten him. Is he a yep? No, no doubt. Eh, I don't know. At Terrell Davis. Eh, okay. You mentioned John Harbaugh there. Sean wants to know any chance that Jim Harbaugh gets another NFL gig. I get that he's high maintenance, but took over an underachieving 49ers roster, reached the NFC Championship game three straight years, plus played in a Super Bowl, won 44 regular season games in his four NFL seasons as a coach. I think no. Uh, I mean, uh, that's a very impressive feat, but uh, University of Michigan is only five hours from me. So a lot of people I went to high school with went to Michigan. So I know a lot of Michigan fans. No one's real happy with them right now. You know, like they would beat <laughs> Ohio State in, since the eighth grade picnic. Yeah. They still recruit like crazy. They're putting gr- great players in the NFL, but they're not playing in playoff games. You know, uh, I don't know that he's helped his stock since those days. And I don't, I've never met Coach Arbaugh, but I think it's safe to say from many sources that he's not the easiest guy to be around. Yeah, he's a grinder, and he will grind against whoever's around him and sometimes grind them into dust. But yeah. the name value alone, his NFL resume looks really good in that four seasons. Uh, if he became available, there's worse coaches that are getting NFL head coaching jobs. I would imagine that he would have an opportunity if he wanted that Um but I agree. Yeah, he's definitely underachieved so far in Michigan. I thought I thought that program was going to rock it up. Yeah, me too. Uh, real quick, I get the impression, unlike his brother, that if he were to take over the Jags next year, that would probably see a spike. They'd get to be a lot better, a lot more respectable. A two-year stretch or so, you'd be like, boy, this is a team on the rise. He's doing a really good job. And then he'd wear out his welcome, and people are like, we got to get this guy out of here. You know, the NFL's changed a lot in that short period of time, too. The physicality of those 49ers teams. Would he show up to his first day of NFL camp and was like, all right, let's do the Oklahoma drill. And people would be like, no, we don't do that here anymore. You know, it's like, does that <laughs> right, style right. still play that he would want to play yeah. in the NFL? Good point. Yeah, and he's a grinder. There's some good questions here that might go long. I want to save for tomorrow. Some overflow right. questions if we have time. Um, here's one from James, though. What will be your most fun positional units to watch this season? Are there any positional? And we kind of went through those last week about some positional units around the NFL. Is there any positional units that you're excited to watch this season, Matt? How about Tampa tight ends? 
And Ooh, for yeah. the obvious reason of Gronk, and I, I'm a Gronk honk. I mean, I always talk about how I think he's the best non-quarterback of this generation. But I'm also an O.J. Howard fan. And I think O.J. Howard is as talented as any tight end in the league. And being around Brady and Gronk, as you're entering a contract year, at a time when um, tight ends tend to um, hit their peak, you know, it takes them a while, it wouldn't shock me at all if we go back and say, boy, O.J. Howard finally turned into something. How about a couple of quarterback groups? Miami's quarterback situation, of course, with Fitzmagic and, and the rookie in Tua. I'm going to throw this one out there, and it's not because they're great, but I'm really interested to see what happens with the Bears quarterback group. Earlier this week, Matt Nagy declined to say if Mitchell Trubisky became a better player during the offseason, which tells me not because most coaches err on the side of really fluffing up their players in those types of situations. But can Nick Foles give him a little bit more? Can Is that is that team going to just completely sink and they're going to scrap the whole thing after this season? Or can does Nick Foles have some magic? Can he push Mitchell Trubisky? So it's something I'm keeping an eye on, not because I expect a ton from it, but it's just a fascinating position group to me. I really like the young defensive line in Carolina, too. A couple yeah, more rookies, do, first and second rounders this year. You already have Brian Burns, who I'd love for a breakout player. I don't know if they're going to put it all together in Carolina, if the team's going to be good at all, but I love that young defensive line with K1 Short there as the veteran. That's going to be a fun one to watch for me. And people that know me, the, the low-hanging fruit, too, is I mentioned tight ends in, in Tampa, but tight ends in the Jets and the Packers and Minnesota and Miami, and I can go on and on. So... Uh, I, I think there's a lot that I like. I'm just looking at the Bears updates. Um, Alan Robinson said, quote, not necessarily anticipating hearing anything about a new contract. <laughs> I mean, can we get Alan Robinson a good quarterback, please? Can we move him somewhere next offseason as a free agent? Uh, because what he's doing with bad quarterbacks is pretty awesome. I want to see what he does with a really good NFL quarterback. hundred percent agree. And I'm not sure we're going to see it anytime soon. I mean, he turned Christian Hackenberg into a prospect in Penn State. Unbelievable. Yeah. Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky. Right. I mean, how about that back-to-back-to-back quarterbacks? All yeah, right. really rough. I, I mean, I think he might be the most underrated player in the league. He might be. No doubt. Yeah. He's going to be on a lot of Peacock fantasy football teams, too. That's for sure. He's really good. I love Allen Robinson. All right. Uh, we're done here. Out of time. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be back tomorrow, finishing up the week right here. Locked on NFL. Go subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show, too, on all of your favorite podcast apps. Got to remind you of that.